you to go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 2. That's where we're going to focus in God's Word today. I'm going to share a couple of other passages, but Matthew chapter 2 is really where we're going to be in God's Word. Last week we looked at Isaiah chapter 43, and we looked at Luke chapter 2. And we focused on the glory of the Lord. We looked at the response of the shepherds when they heard the good news. Uh, The shepherds were caught up in glory. But they didn't just stand around and watch. They became participants in the glory of the Lord. They went to see Jesus and they worshipped Him. The shepherds worshipped Him and they gave God praise. They enjoyed sweet fellowship with one another and fellowship with all that they told about Jesus. Uh, We were created to worship. I told you that uh, back in the first week of December and I've been telling you that each and every week and I'm going to tell you that again today. We were created to worship. Not just anything or anyone. You and I, we were created to worship God. We were created to worship God alone. We were created to give God praise. And we were created to have fellowship with God. But a long time ago, not long after God created everything, something happened with our worship. Our worship was broken. Why was it broken? Because of sin, right? What separates us from God? That's the question. What separates us from God? Well, the Bible is very clear. It is sin. Sin separates us from God, and so it breaks our fellowship with God. And if we have a broken fellowship with God, we cannot worship Him. We cannot worship Him in all of His glory. We cannot worship Him in spirit and truth when we are walking in darkness. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah chapter 9, the Bible says that the people were walking in darkness. And what a shame it would have been if they continued to walk in, God, in darkness and nothing happened. But here's the truth. God did something. God did something for His people. He did something that only He could do. He made a way. He made a way for His people to be right with Him, for His people to enjoy fellowship with Him, for His people to be able to worship Him. You see, we can worship God... We can give God praise and we can be in fellowship with God only because of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ who is the light of the world. That's what we celebrate today. Yes, we focus at Christmas time, we focus on the birth of Jesus Christ, but here's the thing, without the birth there would be no life and there would be no death and there would be no resurrection. So, in a sense, when we celebrate Jesus, we celebrate the completeness of Jesus. His birth, His perfect life, His victorious death on the cross. Yes, victorious. He didn't go to the cross because someone took advantage of Him. The Bible says He laid down His life on the cross. He did that willingly. And he did that for you and me. So he was victorious on the cross. He was victorious when he rose from the grave. He defeated sin and death. And he did that so that you and I could be restored into a right relationship with God. So that you and I could be rescued and redeemed. So that we could worship God the way we were created to. So the question that I ask you today is, did you come to worship the Lord? Did you come today to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that you did. I want to begin uh, our Christmas message today, if you will, in a place that 
may not seem like a Christmas passage, but I want to be honest with you. If it's a passage about Jesus, it's a passage about Christmas. Because everything Jesus is, it's the Christmas story. And so, I want to read this passage to you. You don't have to turn there. It'll be on your screen. Just look at it. Revelation chapter 4, verses 9 through 11 says this. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to Him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. I'm going to tell you, this is an awesome passage of Scripture when it comes to the Christmas story. Because here's what I want you to see. The theme of our future in heaven is worshiping the Lord. Do you see that? The theme, the theme of our future in heaven. And listen, how long is our future as Christ followers? It's forever. (laughs) It's forever. We call it eternity. That's the word we use. Do you understand what you were created to do from your very beginning until eternity, until forever? You were created to worship. We see that in Revelation. What's going on in heaven is worship. And I'm going to tell you, what should be going on on earth right now is worship. Worship of the Lord God Almighty. Worship of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love what Pastor Daniel Aiken says in his commentary. Here's what he says about Jesus. In both His person, His holiness and goodness, and His work, creation and redemption, God alone is worthy of all worship, honor, and praise, and He will receive it from all of creation. You see, we are here today because God created us. We are here today because God gave us life and He is sustaining that life. And so He's the one who gives us a hope. He's the one that gives us a future. He's the one that gives us eternity. It's God. But not only is our future full of worship, our right now should be full of worship. In Revelation, they worship by falling down. Did you see that? It said they fell down before the throne, and they worshiped the Lord. Not only that, it said they cast their crowns before the Lord in worship. That's the proper response in worshiping the Lord in all of His glory, in all of His majesty. That's the proper response. That's what worship looks like. So now I want to take you to Matthew chapter 2. Because, see, I don't believe that there are coincidences when it comes to the Bible. I don't believe that there are coincidences when a scripture over here in Revelation sounds like a scripture over here in Genesis or a scripture found in Matthew. Look at Matthew chapter 2 with me. This is part of what we would call the traditional Christmas story as we know it. But I want you to see how much it sounds like what we just read in Revelation chapter 4. And what's the theme again of our future in heaven for eternity? Worshiping the Lord. Watch this, Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, 
Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Look at this. We saw his star. It didn't just say a star. It said we saw his star. (laughs) That's pretty good. It says we saw his star when it rose. And what did they come to do? We have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. Why do you think King Herod was disturbed? Yeah, because he wanted to be worshipped. He wanted to be known. He wanted all the glory and all the power and all the authority. It was all about him. So it says when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. That's Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 4. Verse 7 goes on and says, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and look at what they did. What did they do? They bowed down. Does that sound like Revelation chapter 4 or what? And worshipped him. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I love this passage of Scripture. I know as kids when we grow up, we love the story of the, the three wise men or the, or the magi. And what we see in this passage of Scripture is really a correlation of what we saw in Revelation chapter 4. Right In Revelation chapter 4, they bowed down and worshipped him before the throne. They bowed down and they worshipped him. Not only that, it said they took off their crowns and they laid them before the Lord in worship, in praise. And what we see here in Matthew chapter 2, at the birth of Jesus Christ, we see worship taking place. Why? Because he is the one we were created to worship. He is the one we were created to bow down to. He is the one we were created to give back to, to give our lives to, and to give our gifts to. You see, the Magi, what did they do? I love this because we've been talking about his marvelous light the last four weeks, right? That's all we've talked about is the light of the world, God's marvelous light. And what did the Magi do? They followed the light of the Lord. What was the light of the Lord? It was his star. Think about this for a minute, right? At the very beginning, who put that star in place? He did. He did. He put that star in place. He hung that star in the sky and he knew exactly, right, when that star would be over Bethlehem pointing to him when he would become flesh. 
when he would be Emmanuel, God with us, that blows my mind that at the very beginning, he's the one that put that star in place. I believe that's why the Magi said we have followed his star. His star. They followed the light of the Lord to find Jesus, the Messiah. This was not a coincidental journey. It was not a coincidental plan or a coincidental find. These magi planned this. They were intentional. They knew who they were looking for, and they knew how to find him. They followed the Messiah's star in the sky. But the most important thing that we see in this passage is that the magi made their intentions known. King Herod wanted to know what they were doing. What they were doing. And, and they said, well, we, we've read the prophecies. And we know that the king of the Jews has been born. And, and we knew to look in the sky to follow his star. And he, he t- they tell him very clearly, we have come to worship him. I love those words. The Magi, no fear, no hesitation. What are your intentions? We have come to worship him. The king of the Jews, the Messiah. Again, they were not coming just to catch a glimpse Right? Or to simply be spectators. Oh no, they were coming to participate. Did they come empty handed? No, they didn't come empty handed. They came with gifts to present Jesus. You see that? They weren't coming to just sit around and watch what was going on. No, they were coming to be a part of what was going on. And we talked about this last week. If we're not careful, we can get caught up being spectators, right? Watching glory, looking at glory. Or we can get caught up and be a part of glory. That's what the shepherds were. They were a part of the glory of God. And now these magi, they're a part of the glory of God. Uh, Even though King Herod had other plans, and even though he tried to distract the magi and to use them for his own agenda, right? The magi, who were they focused on? They were focused on the light of the world. They were focused on Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And when they continued to follow the light his star, they found him, and look how they worshipped. They bowed down. Just like Revelation chapter 4. They opened their treasures, and they presented him gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What an awesome passage of Scripture to read on Christmas morning. On Christmas morning, a time when gifts are shared with one another, and, and look, I, I think that's great. I, I love giving gifts. I love receiving gifts. The older I get, the more I like to give and watch, right? Watch when they're opened by who I give them to. But I still like to receive gifts. Listen, that, that's, that's great. I love that part of it. I, I love, I've been telling you, I love the Christmas trees. I love the decorations, the lights. I, I, I love the food. I'm not done with the food yet. You're probably thinking, when's he going to wind up so we can get back to the food? I I get that, right? I love the songs. I I don't want the songs to end. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm not going to be done with Christmas songs anytime soon. Even though December 26th is coming and the 7th, and even though January 1st is coming, I'm still probably going to listen to a song or two and drive my wife crazy. It's probably going to happen. There's probably going to be another Hallmark Christmas movie coming on. At my house pretty soon. I love all of that stuff, but you know what can happen? What can happen is we can get distracted, can't we? We can get distracted by all the fun stuff. 
but by, by stuff that is, is even good, but it can become, it can become something that is very bad. Anything that takes our worship away from Jesus is not good. Anything that distracts us from being who we were created to be and doing what we were created to do is not good. We were created to give God glory. We were created to give God praise. We were created to bow down and worship the King of the Jews, the light of the world, Jesus Christ. We were created to worship Him. And as we see, not only in Matthew, but as we see in Revelation, we were created to worship Him right now and forever. See, what I like to call this is I like to call this practice. Right? That's what this is. This is practice. Sunday morning is practice, but you know what? We ought to be practicing Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and not just Christmas. We ought to be practicing our worship every day. We ought to be participating in worship every day because I'm going to tell you, that's what's going to happen in our eternity. I only read you a small passage out of Revelation. Go read it all and look at what's going to happen in heaven forever and ever and ever eternity. It's going to be worship. It's going to be you and I, the body of Christ, the brothers and sisters of Christ, worshiping the Lord forever and ever. We will bow down and we will worship Him. That's our eternity. That's our future. So what I want to do this morning is I want to conclude our service with a passage that I read at the very beginning of this series on December 4th. If we ever question who we are, If we ever question whose we are, if we ever question why we are, I'm going to point you to this passage. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says this, as Christ followers, the Bible says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Listen, the vessel of God's love, God's grace, and God's mercy came to us in the man, Jesus Christ. And that love and that grace and that mercy continues to flow today to each and every one of us. Praise God. Amen. Amen. He deserves our worship. He alone is worthy of our worship. He deserves our praise. He alone is worthy of our praise. He is. He is the glory that we were created to get caught up in. He he is the glory that we should not just sit around and watch, but participate in. We should give Him all the glory. Why? Because He deserves it. He alone deserves it. And I'm going to tell you, that's who you are in Christ. And that's who you will always be in Christ. And that is why you were called out of darkness and into His light. The Bible says you were called out of darkness. What is darkness? It is the sinfulness of man. It is your sin and my sin. When we are walking in darkness, we are separated from God. 
But God made a way for you and I. He called us out of that darkness and into his wonderful light. And his light is Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. And so, I want to ask you a question. Are you walking? Are you walking in his wonderful light today? Are you walking in his light? And, and, and here's how you can answer that question. If you are walking in his light, it really comes down to what Jesus told the man who wanted to know what was the greatest law. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to know if you're walking in the wonderful light of Jesus Christ, are you loving God and are you loving people? And here's the thing, you can't separate that. You can't say, oh, I'm loving God if you're not loving people. Those go together. So if you're walking in His wonderful light, then you are loving God. You are worshiping God. And you are loving people and serving people and pointing people to God. And finally, the last question is, are you worshiping Him today? Are you worshiping Him today? What do I mean by that? Well, when I look at Revelation and I look at the Magi, I, I want to put it in flesh. I want to make it tangible. Are you bowing your heart to Him today? Do you even find yourself bowing your knees, bending your knees, and praying and focusing on Him? Are you giving Him all of yourself? All of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, all of your talents, all, all that you have. Are you presenting your gifts to him? That's what happened in Matthew chapter 2. That's what happened in Revelation chapter 4. So if you're walking with the Lord, if you're walking in his light, then you are a lover. You love God and you love people. And if you're worshiping him, then you're bowing your heart. You're bending your knee. And you're presenting him with all of yourself. You're giving him the best gift, and that gift is you. That's what Christmas is all about. It's all about Jesus. It's all about what he has done so that you can be right with God and so that you can do what you were created to do. Worship him.